Welcome to Eureka Thinker Talk, where we chat with thinkers who are turning ideas into reality. The show is powered by Baron Fig, a company making tools for thinkers. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and today I'm here with Kara Golden, entrepreneur, author, podcast host, and founder of the award-winning company and product, Hint Quarter. Kara, thanks for joining Thinker Talk. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to dive in. I've got, I don't have it in this booth with me, but the book is right there. I can see it and there's post-its sticking out of it. So it's been fun uh, consuming your book and obviously your story and your thought process. So it'll be fun to, to chat with you about that on this show. I would love to just open things up before we get into your background with just one question. And it's when you have a new idea, what's the first thing you do? I write it out. I, I start sketching things out. You and I were just talking about notebooks and, and <laughs> that is the first thing that I do. And I think for me, um, just putting that idea out there, maybe it even turns into a goal of, mm. of some sort, um, is really the first step. Now, at that point, I think I've learned that if you hold on to that for too long, it becomes it often, not always, but it often becomes very scary. You have your doubts, right? Going yeah. along the lines of my book where you start to kind of pull the thread and, and it starts to fall apart. So I often like come up with ideas and then I almost, you know, put the sticky on the wall or I I put the idea up on the shelf where it's not within an arm's reach, but okay. it's something that I think about, it's there. And I know it's yeah. there. And then at that point, I figure out how can I make a little bit of progress to know that it can be a reality, to um, get myself more excited about it, whatever it is. So let's just take it out of business. If I'm sitting here saying, I want to go climb Kilimanjaro, right? And I throw it up there and I'll put it <laughs> you know, up on a, up on a shelf somewhere, I'm going to go climb. Then I start to think about, okay, well, what are the first steps for me figuring that out? Who do I know that has climbed Kilimanjaro? Can I go and buy a few books, do some research, whatever it is so that I make progress, like one or two things to understand, again, am I still interested in doing it? What is the reality? You know, what are some of the points along the way? And then I keep making progress. And before you know it, you know, you've already booked your plane ticket to Kilimanjaro. You've like figured out what airport you're supposed to be flying into your, you know, where you should stay and all of these things. I, it, when you're in that gathering phase and again, you could, this is in your, you know, regular life or your business life. It's really the same thing. You, you pick up on things that you didn't necessarily know that you were going to pick up on, um, or, or get information about. Um, but you write those things down and you use them as more and more information to either make that decision that it's move forward, um, that you're making progress or that you're, you know, still really interested in it. Okay. So it sounds like it process wise, you grab the idea, you're pulling it out of your head, you're putting it in front of you somewhere. You're not letting the idea expire because it's in front of you. But then you're in this gathering stage, which I imagine at that point is when you decide, okay, I'm either going for it or 
now doesn't make sense or something like that, right? Like that's totally. kind of the, okay. Exactly. I love it. So I'm curious then with just knowing some of your backstory, you know, you, you were a very successful executive at, at many different organizations or uh, AOL being one of them or America Online, as I, I hear you uh, describing in full. At first, I didn't even realize that that was the, the company because he kept saying America Online. And I'm like, I'm so used to it as AOL. As AOL. Right. Um, so my question, though, you're on that track and you're doing really well. What was the what was the idea or thought process in your head to say, no, I'm going to leave that and try something like completely different and start Hint? So for me, it was about, I felt like I had reached goals that I didn't think that were frankly attainable. I mean, when I started at AOL, it was e-commerce was just like barely getting started. People didn't know that and nor did people necessarily believe that the world was ready to start transacting online. And this is, you know, the mid nineties. I mean, Amazon was still just a bookseller. They were a <laughs> distant, you know, third to borders and Barnes and Noble. I mean, that was the, the time that I was, that I was in. And so for, for me, it was, um, it was it was really kind of waking up in 2000 2001 when frankly the world kind of changed as well uh yeah. at least in the in the US where i felt like it was it, it it was time it was a billion dollars in revenue to AOL and i thought i never thought it could really be that way and i was on a plane every Monday morning from San Francisco to Washington or New York. And I thought, you know, I've got three kids under the age of four. What am I doing? I mean, should I take a little mm -hmm. bit of time to spend time with them? I really wanted to have a family and yet I'm absent a lot of the time. And it was something where I thought like, you know, I often say that, you know, when you leave something, if you leave a job, you could, if I left tech and, start a beverage company. And for whatever reason, I didn't want to be there. It didn't go well. I could always go back to tech. You couldn't really go back to your family. Right. And, and yeah. like you couldn't get those years back. So it was, it was sort of a different feeling for me. And so that was the point when I thought, you know, it's time, it's time for me to say goodbye. And I did. And, uh, and then I, I took a little time off and I was kind of you know, not in a hurry to go find something. I assumed that I was going to get something else in tech because I lived in the Bay Area. All my friends are in tech, all my colleagues, you know, that's like my world that I was living in. And I was getting inbound phone calls. Finally, I just said to everybody, I just like want to spend time with my family. I don't want to be, you know, half looking for jobs and half spending. I really want to sure. do this. And so I took a couple of years off, which a lot of people had opinions about. And I kept thinking, you know, if I did such a great job, why does it matter how long I, you know, took off, right? Like that to me just seemed so obvious. But, you know, frankly, I think I had more people worried about me taking time off than I certainly was. And then I, um, then that was when I really decided that, I wanted to get healthy. I wanted to get healthy for myself, but I really wanted to get healthy for my family. And I found that, you know, 
that was really the first time, frankly, where I was really paying attention to, you know, what the baby food that I was giving my kids, what, you know, kind of diapers, I mean, all this, you know, laundry detergent, like I, I just became very interested in stuff that I had never really paid attention to. And I think this happens to a lot of people when they do become a parent where, you know, they start to look at things that they never really thought about. And so as I was doing that for them, I thought about some of the issues that I wanted to change in my life, including my health. I had gained a bunch of weight. Um, I had terrible adult acne that I had never even had as a teenager. And uh, my energy levels were low. And I thought, you know, it's it, that's really interesting. I wonder if it's something I'm eating and that's what's causing it. And so I ended up looking at everything I was eating, keeping a diary, nothing was working. And then uh, started actually had really given up. And then I looked down at my drink, my Diet Coke that I was drinking a ton of. <laughs> and I thought, what are all these ingredients? And I mean, I, I think I, I paid more attention to what I was putting in my car than I did my own body for sure. years, right? Not really thinking I was doing anything wrong because it was labeled diet. And for me, yeah. diet equated to health. And so that's when I did a little swap and put the diet soda to the diet Coke in particular to the side. And I started drinking water and I, I started to see dramatic changes. My energy came back. I started losing weight and my skin cleared up. And I thought there's only one problem. Water is just so darn boring. It's boring, yeah. <laughs> so darn boring, boring. So this cannot be this like temporary measure. I needed to get on the program and I just couldn't do it. So I had a, I think I had a lime and a pomegranate on my counter. And I thought, I wonder if I slice it and just throw it in the water, what would happen? And this was like 17 years ago. And so I did it and it made water taste better. But then the funny thing is kids were coming into our house and they were asking me, for like strawberry water. And well, that's you know, a sign. <laughs> I had parents calling me saying, uh, what kind of like strawberry water are you giving my kids? And I'm like, it's strawberries and water. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, it was just, I, and I thought this is just so interesting how something so simple and so obvious was not available on the market. Everything had either sugar or diet sweeteners in it. And I just Mm. couldn't believe it. In fact, I, when I went out looking for my product that I had made in my kitchen, like to, to buy it, to consume it, not to actually figure out, you know, should I go to launch a product? I wasn't there yet. I just assumed that San Francisco kind of sucked and they didn't have like good stores that would have this product. And even Whole Foods had just opened. And I thought, this is the store that would have a product like this and they didn't have it. And I thought I, there, there were carbonated versions of the drink that I wanted to, you know, eventually create, but most of them had way too much sodium in them. And so that changed over, over time. But I thought if I want to drink, you know, eight plus glasses of water a day to actually drink carbonation, it, it's really hard 
to drink that much water. And it's a little bit different than drinking like, you know, a diet Coke over, over the course of time. So it's just when you're drinking water with bubbles in it, I don't know. It just like, there's nothing else in it. And so yeah. it just doesn't, it, you know, you feel really bloated and like you're going to blow up. And so I thought it's got to be still water if I want to stay on the path of, of drinking eight glasses of water. But so long-winded story of, you know, really sharing that I was just kind of floating in, in some ways of, you know, trying to figure out kind of some problems that I wanted to solve. Um, and then one day just sort of thought, well, no one's doing this. I actually think I could not only help change my own health, which I had figured out, but I thought I could probably help a lot of other people too. And I think that that specific point for me of being able to help a lot of people was incredibly powerful. So, okay. and I, I think like that is, it, it, it really, and still to this day, I mean, that really, I didn't sit there and think, oh, I'm going to go take on the beverage companies. I mean, for me, I thought I'm going to provide a product that actually helps people enjoy water. And that, and it, that was it. Was that, so it sounds like that was kind of the eureka moment for you to, you know, go from, oh, you've, you figured something out personally for yourself to, hey, there might be something here to help others. But where, like, where did that, where did that come from? Was that just something in your life or in, in shifting out of tech or where you were or how, the benefits you saw for yourself? Cause I think you lost a ton of weight in like something ridiculous, like two weeks just yeah, with that shift. Well, right? I lost over 20 pounds in two and a half weeks, but it wasn't just the weight. I mean, it really was like, you know, the skin stuff. I mean, I went to a yeah. bunch of different dermatologists thinking and tried everything over the counter, trying to figure it out. And I never had this acne that I had developed over time. And you know, the more I know about how the body works is, you know, you're processing everything that you're putting into your system, everything that you're putting on your skin and you're coming in contact with, you know, your, your body eventually is reacting to it. I think for, for me, it was on overload. And so, you know, your skin is your largest organ. And so mm -hmm. here I was putting these diet sweeteners in and my body just couldn't, do it anymore. I mean, I was producing insulin, um, which is actually very common for diet sweeteners um, today, yet a lot of people don't realize that. And I think that my organs were shutting down. I mean, I, and yeah. that's, that is ultimately, you know, that is a, an explanation for people who are who are dealing with adult acne. I mean, what is going on inside that you can't see, I think is such a key thing. And so as I started to, to, you know, fix myself, that's when I thought there's a lot of confusion out there. And obviously, you know, people are joining diet programs and they're buying diet drinks and low fat. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of healthy perception out there versus healthy reality. And I think like that's a good that, way to word it. Right. And I think for me, it just seemed it, it, my curiosity just sat there every single day and wouldn't go away. I kept thinking about how many people I could help just by, you know, getting a product on the shelf. And, and I think that 
look, I, I, I have many friends that are in, that have done nonprofit work. And, and I think it's the same kind of thing where you find a mission, you find a purpose, you find a cause that you really believe in and you do something that you're, you're providing some sort of impact and you're being helpful. And then combined with when we finally got it on the market and got it on the shelf at Whole Foods, I'll never forget I got an email from a customer. Uh, it was probably the second day that we were on the shelf at Whole Foods. And they're like, oh, thank you so much for producing this product. We we always put the email and the phone number on the back of the bottle, which by the way, was not okay. what people did. You know, yeah. 16 years ago, it was very much what we took from tech, what a lot of tech products did that. And we brought it over to, you know, the the uh, consumer products in the beverage space. So I get this email from a customer and they're like, thank you so much. And uh, they provided their phone number. So I reached out to them and I was like, just curious, like what made you kind of pull this product off the shelf thinking maybe it was the label, maybe it was like the flavor. Was it the, the fact that it was unsweetened flavored water? And they, and it was interesting what his, this gentleman's response was. He said, so I have this disease called type two diabetes and I had never, I'd heard of diabetes, but I didn't know the definition of type two diabetes versus di type one diabetes. And so he started to educate me how he found he had been tracking his insulin levels. And when he consumed diet sweeteners, that it was spiking his uh, sure. insulin levels. And so I, I was like, gosh, that's really amazing. Like, what, what do doctors say? And again, my curiosity, I'm just like listening to this customer. And he said, you know, doctors can't confirm. There's really not studies about it. And a lot of the studies are paid for by uh, many of the food and beverage companies. And so, you know, maybe they don't really want us to know, but I'm just happy that you provided a product that I can drink, that I can stay hydrated, that tastes great because I hate the taste of water. And I'm like, me too. That's why I developed <laughs> this product, right? But anyway, the, the point is, is that when you, when you have that dialogue with your customer and your customer is telling you, and still to this day, they tell me this, that Hint is helping them. Mm. Your product is helping them. And, and that is such a powerful thing. I mean, today people yeah. call it mission-driven, purpose-driven companies. 16 years ago, we didn't term it that way yet. Sure. And But if somebody, if you have an opportunity to go do something that helps people, whether that's start a company or join a company or join a nonprofit, whatever, where you can get that feedback back from somebody who is being helped, somebody that you didn't know until you had this interaction it's such a powerful thing. It it helps, especially when the when you have a hard day, a challenging mm -hmm. day, when you have a failure, you remember those consumers that are bummed that, you know, that bummed if you go away, right? And, sure. and so, um, you know, I, I just think that that's such an important piece to, for everybody to know and remember. Love it. And we're... You know, there's just, there's so much, obviously, the story of how, of how Hint started and, and all the backstory you shared, some of it, there's definitely more in the in the book as well, but I wanted to know a little bit about the book and 
if the book follows that same vein of having this intuitive sense of, okay, this is next. Like I, you know, I want to help more people and this could be a medium to do that. Like where did the book come from? So it was five years of journaling and, um, you know, it's interesting. You and I were talking about, uh, about book launches and podcasts before this. I mean, I felt like I started writing just, I didn't have like a name of chapter and then started writing against it. And I'm sure there's lots of different or maybe a few different ways to write a book. But for me, I just kept journaling. And so this journal was like 600 pages um, at the end of five years. And so I thought, what am I going to do with this journal? And there's so many great stories in here. I would use actually from my talks that I was doing or oftentimes, you know, if I was even meeting with a grocery buyer and I tell the story of Hint and they'd ask certain questions, I would use those questions as my prompts. And so Mm. oftentimes I would have, you know, my notebook with me and I'd write down like a question and then I would use it as a prompt. Um, Sometimes I would answer their question while I was there, but other times I would think about if somebody's asking me about, you know, how did you raise money? And then I would go and I would start journaling on that. So I wasn't even coming up with my prompts, right? There wasn't anybody. I I was using what people were asking me to come up with prompts to, to, um, you know, go from and to to write from. And so that was really the beginnings of, of writing the book. And then finally, after five years and 600 pages, I thought, maybe I should like publish this journal and then people could read a lot of these stories and it could help them because a lot of these talks that I was doing, I was hearing back from consumers. I heard you talk yesterday, that talk, you know, what you said about X was really, you know, so helpful to me. And I thought if I can get this out there, that would be amazing. And, uh, I spoke to a friend of mine who's published a couple of books, not even thinking I was going to launch and write a book. I mean, that's such a big daunting thing. Right. (laughs) And, uh, I said, how do I, how do I bind this book together and get it out (laughs) to people? She said, you mean write a book? And I said, Oh no, I I have a full-time job. I'm running a company. I mean, how could I have time for doing that? And she said, you've already done it. I mean, you have to get it down to a couple hundred pages, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I said, oh, that'll be really easy. Actually, the hardest part <laughs> about writing a book yeah. was actually getting it down um, to a you know, digestible um, book format. So yeah, it's just, um, you know, that's, that's how it all came about. But I think it really did, you know, spur very similar to uh, why I launched a product and why I launched, you know, Hint Water was just to help people. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it. I love it so much. It's, uh, I mean, I'm sure people listening can feel the energy and the passion behind both those stories. And, uh, when you link, when you link that passion and that desire to help, I mean, there's, there's no surprise that there's, uh, there are results and success that totally. come link with that. Right. So it's, it's a really nice story. Um, last thing I want to dive into before, before we let you go is just, well, I'd like, I'd love to know, what your journaling practice is, if you're still journaling or like just kind of what, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, uh, in, in terms of, you know, staying mentally fit and productive and all of that and efficient and all that, like what are some of your tools and hacks and, and whatnot? Yeah. Well, I think, 
I'm I'm constantly um, ideating, innovating, however you want to, you know, think about it. And so I'm I'm sketching out a couple of ideas every day, very naturally. I find that once you start um, getting in the habit and getting in the practice of it, um, it really does become very natural for you to be mm-hmm. doing it on, you know, every couple of days. I, I can't say that I actually, some people practice it like every morning, you know, they get up and they, they like meditation. I mean, they really get into that practice. I don't really do that. I, I find that, um, it, for me, it tends to come towards the end of the day as compared okay. to, um, kind of exercise. And, um, that tends to come towards, uh, the beginning of the day. Um, but you know, I think, I, I think you just have to find that time that that really where you're you want to commit right in in mm-hmm. into thinking in that direction. And again, I think my brain is so used to being on that pattern now that it just comes very naturally to me. So is this that when you're at the end of the day, this is grab your notebook and just kind of unload what's on your mind or if, or if you're coming to the end of the day and that particular day, there's been an idea floating around that you're kind of, you're putting that down on paper I and think it ends just up thinking being, it through. Yeah. I think it's, it ends up being an ideation of, you know, what else could be. And oftentimes it'll be, uh, maybe I'm giving hints throughout the day and sort of my conversation and, okay. and, uh, yeah. So that's kind of how well, it comes to be. Amazing. Well, last question for you. You know, you've, there are so many awesome lessons in the book and you've just had such a uh, wonderful career and continue to have a wonderful career. I imagine you've picked up a ton of different lessons across your, your work and your, your experience. Is, is there anything that, you know, just is top of mind that you'd like to leave with us as, as the listeners, something to think about or, prioritize or whatever. There's no, there are no rules with this. Yeah. I think that the most important thing to think about is that you don't have to figure it all out. Right. Mm. And I think that so often, you know, we're, we're on this race or we think that, you know, we have to go and do something, you know, in six months from now, next week, whatever. Instead, I think that, you know, giving yourself a break and actually ideating and starting to think about things and making progress towards a goal uh, is the most important thing. And when you, you know, freak yourself out too much about uh, these ideas, these goals, whatever, then oftentimes you just don't do them. And I think that the idea of actually getting, making steps and making more progress towards something, uh, you find that you're almost there. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then you can actually really throw the gas on. But I think that so often fear gets in the way of, of you know, potential failure, potential, I could never do it. And I think that we need to uh, stop ourselves from going in that direction before we even start. Such, such a great message. Well, that is a wrap, everyone, for today's Thinker Talk. Kara, where can listeners find or connect with you? 
Yeah. So Kara Golden with an eye all over uh, social media platforms everywhere. And uh, hopefully you'll get a chance to pick up my book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. And I really appreciate this, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. Links are available in the show notes. I'll have everything that Kara just mentioned in there. Remember to subscribe to Eureka if you dig what we're up to. Until next time. 